G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Tuesday rolls around quickly. Tuesday is something of a special day, an opportunity for us to check on news as it is breaking today when it comes to the people of Israel and those lands surrounding Israel in the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines overnight with the very latest news out of Israel. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, there's been some celebration, some Jewish festivals that are in the celebration time at the moment. Tonight ends the annual Jewish festival called Rosh Hashanah. Uh, What's it all about? Yes, it has a very important meaning for the Jewish people and also for the church. According to Jewish rabbinic tradition, Rosh Hashanah is when God created Adam, the first human being. Therefore, the name Rosh, meaning head, and Hashanah, meaning the year, indicates that this is the day and the beginning of a new year for the Jewish people. Rosh Hashanah 2018 began on the evening of Sunday, September 9, and ends tonight, Tuesday, September 11. According to the Bible, the book of Numbers describes this day for people to gather together to sound the trumpets, Numbers 29.1 says, and in the seventh month of the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work. For you, it's a day of blowing the trumpets. In the book of Revelation, the sounding of the trumpets indicates the coming of the Lord. Revelation 10.7. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. When the seventh trumpet is heard, it signifies the coming of God's judgment as well as the coming of his magnificent glory. We need to be ready for the call of the final shofar when God's coming back to restore all things. The uh, greeting for the day in Jerusalem will be Shanatov, which means have a good year. And uh, that's the atmosphere that pervades uh, around Israel and the Middle East today. Significant celebrations, Ron. Just before we move on, of course, these celebrations, are they like public holidays for Jewish people? Because they lead from uh, one high holy day to another high holy day. The next one, I think, is the Day of Atonement or the uh, uh, the uh, Yom Kippur holiday. Uh, but there's a, certain, uh, there's a certain way that the process happens, isn't there? You could say that uh, Israel virtually stops Uh, for what's called the high holidays. Bureaucracy closes down, everything slows down, and celebration takes over. It's an amazing time to be in Israel. And the Iran foreign minister sent all Jews Rosh Hashanah wishes for a year of peace and harmony. Sounds unusual. What's the story there? I'd say it's very ironic 
despotic year that saw Israeli and Iranian forces directly clash, Tehran's foreign minister on Sunday sent all Jews a Rosh Hashanah greeting, wishing them a new year of peace and harmony. Happy Rosh Hashanah, tweeted Mohammed Yabed Zarif. His greeting was accompanied by pictures of Iranian Jews praying in a synagogue. The Jewish New Year started, as I mentioned earlier, on Sunday. Iran had between 80,000 and 100,000 Jews before the 1979 Islamic Revolution, but most have since fled mainly to the United States, Israel, and Europe. There are now only about 8,500, mostly in Tehran, but also in Isfahan and Shiraz, major cities south of the capital. Zarif's wishes come after a year of heightened tension between Jerusalem and Tehran that saw the largest ever direct clash between Israeli and Iranian forces and Israeli agents brazenly stealing Iran's nuclear archive. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that the regime had lied when claiming it has not sought to build a nuclear weapons arsenal and that it intends to resume its pursuit of nuclear weapons when it can. As I said, the uh, best wishes for peace seem to be quite ironic. Hmm. Let's move on a different headline. Controversially, Germany is said to be in talks about a possible military role in Syria. Yes, and all the connotations of the Nazi history come to surface with this. The German government said yesterday it was in talks with its allies about a possible military deployment in Syria, prompting a sharp rebuke from the Social Democrats and setting up a very strong conflict in Chancellor Angela Merkel's coalition. Overseas military action remains a sensitive and deeply unpopular topic in Germany. Government spokesman Stefan Siebert said Germany had discussed with the United States and European allies its possible military involvement if Assad's forces used chemical weapons against the last major rebel stronghold in Idlib, now under heavy Syrian and Russian bombardment. Uh, This could become a major crisis. All right. There is something very significant that's happening right now. In fact, it's breaking news happening even as we are speaking now. But uh, big news out of the United States where they have just closed the Palestinian embassy in Washington. And that's despite Palestinian anger. And no doubt there'll be anger from many groups around the world. Uh, How's that story unfolding now, Ron? Yeah, the Trump administration ordered the closure of the Palestinian diplomatic mission in Washington. The reason for the closure was cited as no direct and meaningful negotiations with Israel. Palestinians accused the administration of dismantling decades of U.S. engagement with them. The administration cited the refusal of Palestinian leaders to enter into peace talks with Israel as the reason for closing the office, although the U.S. has yet to present its plan to resolve the Israel-Palestinian conflict. The closure of the PLO office, the latest in a series of moves targeting the Palestinians, was centered on the fact that no direct and meaningful negotiations had taken place. It said the decision was in line with U.S. law, a reflection of 
congressional concerns and consistent with U.S. policy to oppose and punish Palestinian attempts to bring Israel before the International Criminal Court. Uh, It's a bombshell. Mm. Ron, oftentimes we'll talk about the persecution of Christians that happens in the Middle East. And uh, there is a story from overnight where Jewish donations are helping to save persecuted Christians. How does that story look? 12,000 Christians who fled from Iraq to Jordan because of ISIS were saved from death but were left destitute. Help came from Israel through the fellowship. Rabbi Eckstein, president of the fellowship, was asked to hide his kippah and remove the word Jews from the sign at the medical clinic, but he was certain this is the bridge to peace. Carlos Baba will never forget the moment he was saved from execution in the Valley of Death near Mosul. On August the 6th, 2014, ISIS took control of his village, Batnaya, The neighbours managed to flee, but Carlos's father wasn't able to walk, and the family didn't have a car. The ISIS terrorists demanded that they decide whether to convert to Islam, pay huge fines, or leave. Carlos asked his brother to leave while he stayed behind to protect his parents. One of the ISIS terrorists ripped the cross from his neck, threw it on the floor, and demanded that he step on it. I told him, I'll put my foot on your neck, but never on the cross. I have my God, and he is also your God, Carlos told the uh, tormentor. The barrel of a rifle landed on his head, and he collapsed. When he woke up, he discovered that he was hanging from the ceiling by one leg. Uh, This man was rescued and uh, brought to safety uh, through Jewish help and through Rabbi Eckstein and his team. Ron, let's end on something of a very interesting note to do with one of those scriptures that we can read in the Gospels, and it revolves around what the Israel Bible Center has to say about the concept of Gentiles, dogs, and Jesus. Because uh, we, we might be familiar with that passage out of Matthew chapter 15. Uh, what is the significance of what the Israel Bible Center is saying? Well, this is Dr. Eli Lizakon Eisenberg again, and uh, this Israel Bible Center has been operational for only nine months, but it's having a huge impact. IsraelBibleCenter.com, if you want to study it, but two Gospels record a meeting between Judea and Jesus and a Greek woman, as Mark 7 and, as you mentioned, Matthew 15. Jesus goes to Tyre and Sidon. There he meets a desperate woman willing to do anything for her suffering child. Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon, she says in Matthew 15. Dr. Levi writes, as we continue reading we see that Jesus first gave her the silent treatment. Then when his Jewish disciples demanded he answer her, he responded, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. However, the woman was relentless. She came, knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He answered her, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And, of course, the most offensive statement, of course, has to do with Jesus, the comparison of Greek Gentiles to dogs. 
The key to understanding this text is found in realization that only in the modern Western world are dogs thought to be part of the family. Dogs often live inside and not outside the family home. It was not so in the ancient times in the East. In other words, the comparison to dogs was not meant to dehumanize the Greek woman, but to emphasize that Jesus' primary ministry was to Israel, to those inside of God's family, not outside of it. I think that's very helpful. It is very helpful. Jesus' primary mission was to Israel. Uh, Ron Ross, always appreciate your insights. Thank you so much for scouring the headlines and bringing us the breaking news that's happening right now in Israel and throughout the Middle East. And uh, really appreciate you. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Shana Tov, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.